Part 10 of the Military Journals of Two Private Soldiers, 1758 to 1775. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by F&H. The Military Journals of Two Private Soldiers, 1758-1775, by Abraham Tomlinson. Part 10. A Journal for 1775 A.D. Introductory Remarks. The following is a literal transcript of a journal kept by a common soldier named Samuel Hawes, of Wrentham, Massachusetts, who appears to have been one of the Minutemen organized towards the close of 1774 and early in 1775. At that time there were about 3,000 British troops in Boston under General Thomas Gage, who was also governor of the colony of Massachusetts. He was popularly regarded as an oppressor, and act after act of the British government during a year preceding had convinced the American people that they must choose the alternative to submit or fight. They resolved to fight, if necessary. During the summer of 1774, the people commenced arming and training themselves in military exercises. The manufacture of arms and gunpowder was encouraged, and throughout Massachusetts in particular, the people were enrolled in companies and prepared to take up arms at a moment's warning. From this circumstance, they were called Minutemen. With his strong force, Gage felt quite certain that he could suppress the threatened insurrection, and keep the people quiet. Yet he felt uneasy concerning the gathering of ammunition and stores by the Patriots at Concord, sixteen miles from Boston, and on the night of the 18th of April, 1775, he sent a detachment of soldiers to seize them. They proceeded by way of Lexington, where they arrived at dawn on the 19th. The expedition became known, and the country was aroused. When the British approached Lexington, they were confronted by about seventy Minutemen, a skirmish ensued. Eight patriots were killed, and several were wounded. That was the first bloodshed of the revolution. The British then went on to Concord to seize the stores, where they were again confronted by Minutemen. Indeed, they had been annoyed all the way by them, as they fired from behind buildings, stone walls, and trees. They destroyed the stores, and in a skirmish killed several more American citizens. The country was now thoroughly aroused, and the Minutemen hastened towards Lexington and Concord from all directions. The British found it necessary to retreat, and nothing save the whole troop sent out from the night before from utter destruction, but a strong reinforcement under Lord Percy. The whole body retreated hastily to Charleston, and across to Boston with a loss in killed and wounded of 273 men. Intelligence of the tragedy soon spread over the country and from the hills and valleys of New England thousands of men armed and unarmed hastened towards Boston, and formed that force, of which our journalist was one, that for nine months kept the British army prisoners upon the peninsulas of Boston and Charleston. By common consent, Artemus Ward, a soldier of the French and Indian War, was made commander-in-chief, and he performed the duties of that office with zeal until he was superseded by Washington early in July 1775. A Journal for 1775 Illustration A Journal for 1775 in Wrentham, April the 19th, Samuel Hawes, facsimile of a portion of the manuscript journal. Wrentham, in Norfolk County, Massachusetts, 32 miles southwest from Boston. April the 19th 
About one o'clock, the Minutemen. See introductory remarks. The skirmishes at Lexington and Concord occurred early in the morning of this day. Were alarmed and met at Landlord Moon's. We marched from there, the sun about half an hour high, towards Roxbury, for we heard that the regulars had gone out and had killed six men and had wounded some more. That was at Lexington. Then the King's troops proceeded to Concord, and there they were defeated and drove back, fitting as they went, that gat to Charleston Hill that night. See introductory remarks. We marched to Hedden's at Walpole, twenty-one miles from Boston, and there got a little refreshment, and from there we marched to Dr. Cheney's, and there we got some victuals and drink, from thence we marched to Landlord Clisses at Dedham, thirteen miles from Boston, and there Captain Parsons and company joined us, and then we marched to Jay's, and there Captain Boyd and company joined us, and we marched to Landlord Whitting's. We tarried there about one hour, and then we marched to Richard's, and searched the house, and found Ebenezer Aldis, and one Perry, who we supposed to be Tories, and we searched them, and found several letters about them, which they were a-going to carry to Nathan Aldis in Boston, but making them promise reformation, we let them go home. Then, marching forward, we met Colonel Grattan, Colonel John Grayton. He was a bold officer, and commanded a corps which performed a sort of ranger service. At this time he was only a major. In June following he carried off about eight hundred sheep and lambs and some cattle from Deer Island. About that time he was promoted to the rank of colonel. In the middle of July he led one hundred and thirty-six men in whale-boats to destroy forage and other property on Long Island in Boston Harbour, and at one time he captured a barge belonging to a British man-of-war. In April 1776 he accompanied General Thompson to Canada. He was promoted to the rank of brigadier in the Continental Army in January 1783. Returning from the engagement, which was the day before, and he said that he would be with us immediately. Then we marched to Jamaica Plain. Jamaica Plain, six miles from Boston. There we heard that the regulars were coming over the neck, the isthmus that connected the peninsula of Boston with the main at Roxbury. And we stripped of our coats, and marched on with good courage to Colonel Williams, and there we heard to the contrary. We stayed there some time, and refreshed ourselves, and then marched to Roxbury Parade, and there we had as much liquor as we wanted, and every man drawed three biscuit, which were taken from the regulars. The British soldiers were all called regulars. This word denotes soldiers belonging to the regular army, as distinguished from militia, the day before, which were hard enough for flints. We lay on our arms until towards night and then we repaired to Mr. Slack's house, and at night six men were drafted out for the main guard. Nothing strange that night. D-21. Nothing remarkable this day. D-22. Nothing strange this D, nor comical. D-23. Being Sabbath day, we marched on to the parade. There was an alarm this night, but it proved to be a false one. Some of our men went to Weymouth, Twelve miles southeast from Boston. D twenty four. Nothing strange today. D twenty five. Nothing remarkable today. D twenty six. We were guarded and a party drafted out for the main guard. D twenty seven. The enlistment came out to enlist men for the Massachusetts service. Some of our minute men enlisted the same day, but Captain Pond went home and several of his company 
they went as far as Dr. Cheney's that night, and the next morning reached home. On Monday, the company were called together in order to enlist men. Lieutenant Messenger, with a party, went down to Roxbury, and we still remaining in Mr. Slack's house. Also on the same day, there were four Tories carried through Roxbury, one mile from Boston, to Cambridge, three miles northwest from Boston, from Marshfield, thirty-one miles southeast from Boston. And there was a great shouting when they came through the camp. Tories were those who adhered to the British. It is a name derived from the vocabulary of British politics in the time of Charles the Second. A Tory, then, was an adherent of the Crown. A Whig was an opposer of the government. The word first used in America about 1770. End of part 10. Recording by FNH. Please visit www.bookranger.co.uk.